0: Good morning guys and welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me your host Richard Beckson. Um, Actually something interesting uh, has happened I actually took the I didn't realize that uh, the actual camera here on zoom actually has a uh, filter to make me look younger so somebody told me that the other day that I look way too young so I thought I'd take the take it off and you guys can see the real me wrinkles and all Uh, my neighbor has been asking me whether I want Botox um I had to decline um it's what she does for a living so of course she's always trying to send me Botox but anyway let's talk about what we're about to talk uh of who we're about to talk with today uh we'll be talking with Dave Corrior of Playa Grande Real Estate you guys that don't know where playa grande is it's north of tamarindo it's the beach between concha and flamingo and tamarindo um it's a national park it's absolutely beautiful i was there the other day uh with an investor that was looking to develop some houses there uh met up with dave and i thought it'd be great to get him here on the podcast Uh, He's been down here for almost 20 years. is also the owner of the Ripjack Inn in Playa Grande. Um, So he's going to be a fountain of knowledge. Remember, guys, if you have any questions for any of the guests or you'd like to see future guests or or for me to cover any other topics, uh, please type away in the descriptions here or send me an email. Uh, I'd be more than happy uh, to do a podcast. So let's get straight into it. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very, very good. Thanks. Uh, For you guys that don't know, Dave and I actually spent a bit of time together last week, um, actually down in Playa Grande. And this is kind of why I've decided to uh, get Dave on the podcast. Short of being a fountain of knowledge, uh, I also think Playa Grande is a great opportunity uh, for anybody looking (laughs) to do anything in in Costa Rica. So uh, Dave, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Yeah, no problem. My pleasure.
0: Awesome. Well, Dave, you've been down here in Costa Rica for, wow, nearly over 20 years here. Uh, You've been involved in real estate. You also have the Rip Jack Inn. Uh, I'm sure that you've seen a multitude of interesting things happen during that time. But I mean, what has surprised you recently, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, I would say recently, you know, COVID has been, I I would say, probably surprising for just about everybody anywhere. But Um, What has surprised me the most, I would say, is just how incredibly fast the real estate market has picked up and gotten just red hot um, as soon as the borders opened again from from COVID. So, you know, the borders were closed for some number of months and and opened again on November 1st. And as soon as people started being able to come here again, um, the market has just been incredibly hot. I mean, things selling sight unseen and prices going up in, in all oh. product categories. And I've been shocked by that.
0: It kind of sounds like uh, 2005, 2006 again, but maybe probably not with the um, craziness in prices right yet. Am I correct in saying that? Well, I
1: hope it's not um, sort of uh, like that, in, in, in that that was kind of driven by a credit situation. Yep. So, you know, all these deals we're seeing out are in cash. Uh, For the most part, there's a a bit of financing available in Playground. There's one developer that offers financing that people are taking advantage of. But most of these deals that we're seeing in this market are cash. And so, um, you know, inventories are just super low. Um, And I haven't quite seen prices going, you know, crazy. And they're higher now than they were in 2005, six, and seven. But it's not that they just got there, you know, they've been sort of slowly building for the last few years.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, because I've had a discussions with a lot of people, you know, and I, I think the perspective is and what well, the reality is that Costa Rica is like a steady growth, if that makes sense, which is a great from a kind of wealth preservation kind of investment view. Uh, there are those opportunities, of course, to make big gains. Um, but typically, you know, it's a steady increase due to the access, you know, the, the cash, I suppose, cash buyers and the lack of access to finance.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I agree. And- in fact, that's how I thought the Costa Rica real estate market was, you know, probably for at least 20 years before the real estate boom. And yep. then the, the credit thing kind of got involved there. And, and of course, there was the, the recession that followed. So but outside of those years, that's exactly what I think is that it is really kind of a steady growth place. Um, so, you know, we own some things here and, and feel super comfortable with the, you know, the backing of that. The cash market makes it makes it feel nice and secure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are going to be rushing to security or looking for that at the moment, especially with the way inflation looks like it's going in the States. And, you know, the, I mean, everything's at an all time high at the moment. So I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years for for Costa Rica and also real estate. Um, but let's jump into another question. I always like to ask people kind of just kind of changing the subject a bit. Uh, you know, what is the I mean, you've been down here for 20 years. but What's the one thing that you miss uh, about I suppose, your home country, the United States, and one thing you take from Costa Rica back there?
1: Um, one thing that I miss from my home country, so I grew up uh, near San Francisco. So San Francisco is especially good place for uh, good food and, and good wine. So I'd say we probably miss um, some of the wine, especially, um, oh, yeah. and a lot of the food options, a lot of the different, ethnicities of food and in in the central valley I think there's a lot of selection but you know out here at the beach you don't see a whole ton of you know different ethnicities of food like Thai or you know even even Chinese Japanese or Indian stuff like that so I I miss that I'd say
0: and and what would you take what would what, what if I mean if you were to move back to the states what would you miss from Costa Rica would you say
1: Well, the beach and the ocean are amazing here. Uh, the ocean water warm and, you know, the beaches are uncrowded and, and big and beautiful. And um, so I think I would probably miss miss those things. Um, you know, for sure, I would miss the Costa Rican people. Uh, you know, we have kind of an extended family here and uh, for sure I would, I would miss them. Um, and, uh, you know, probably I'd, I'd miss uh, walking on the empty beach with my dogs every day quite a bit if we live somewhere else. Yeah, I met your dogs
0: the other day. They, they're, they're a character, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk, you know, as I mentioned that Playa grande, I, I was there last week. I've always loved Playa grande. I think it has huge potential. Um, you know, I mean, describe to our listeners, you know, what Playa grande is because they probably, you know, really don't have a sense of what it is. Maybe that they've been to Costa Rica before they've seen maybe Tamarindo or been to mammal and Tony or been to Haco I mean, how would you describe Playa Grande uh, and what do you think are the benefits to people living there?
1: Uh, so we have always loved Playa Grande and I think we were probably originally drawn here for the same reason. A lot of people were drawn here. You know, we did come to Tamarindo first when we came to this area and Playa Grande is just a really nice counterpoint to that. And so, you know, while Tamarindo feels really late and really young and kind of like a spring break party town, you know, Playground is more quaint and quiet. And, you know, we, we call it a, a nature lover's paradise. Um, it's a true surf town. There's a super consistent surfing wave here that I think, uh, you know, maybe not a majority, but a huge number of the people that come here all the time, um, that has something to do with the surf. Um, has got some really good food in it as well for, for a town that is this small, but, uh, definitely it's, it's the quiet side. And I think most people that are here, uh, some good portion of the reason they're here is that.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think it has a very, it has a very kind of, you know um, I would say, you know, maybe Costa Rica kind of like uh, you know, surf town kind of vibe to it. I mean, basically basically, what it used to be like, you know, I mean, that's been the great thing about Playa and It has not seen huge amounts of development. You know, uh, it's very natural, as you mentioned there, and also with the national park. Uh, I mean, in your opinion, why don't you think that, you know, the area has seen, you know, immense growth in both development and also prices?
1: Um, I think it's an easy answer. Uh, you know, there was, there ha- has always been sort of a controversy about, Building next to a national park and a turtle beach, which uh, Playa Grande is both. And Playa Grande is actually in between a national park mangrove and a national park beach. So, construction in these kind of areas in Costa Rica just tends to be a little bit more complicated with environmental regulations and permitting and stuff like that. So, here there was an eight year period where there were no new construction permits within 500 meters of the beach. And so, you know, that was a massive. Um, break on, uh, on progress. and so you know during 2005 six and seven there was a healthy number of constructions and, and prices did go up and there was a lot of sales of land made. But those next eight years when this moratorium was in place really put the brakes on all of that. And so you know at the time as a person who does real estate it you know, was a bit frustrating you know with people not being able to make progress on projects and that type of thing. but as a person who lives here and, and now as a person you know sort of looking back on it, Playa Grande is great today because it didn't blow up like Tamarindo did in those same years. I mean, Tamarindo probably tripled in size during those eight years that I'm talking about, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you make a great point there, which is that, you know, I mean, do, I mean, for somebody looking, I think, for more of a natural setting in Costa Rica in kind of a surf town, I think Playa Grande is a great option. I mean, if you were to make an investment in Playa Grande, which, I mean, you already have. Uh, what would it be I mean for anybody you know that's looking to make an investment because a lot of people that I speak to Dave are looking to both kind of potentially I want to make an investment but I also kind of want to use it to an extent I mean what what, what, I mean describe what you're seeing or what you think would work in Playa Grande
1: well back to this construction permitting uh, slowness and the moratorium that was in place for a number of years there you know that what that Kind of means is that as demand to be here has grown and as tourism to this area has grown, the supply of houses really has not very much during those same years. And so I would say, as an investor, that you know to take something that is plentiful, which is empty land, and turn it into something which is more rare, which would be a, an existing home, uh, would be the way to go. So I would say buying buying a lot and building a house on it. You know, today, the inventory of existing homes to buy in Playa Grande is near zero. Um, you know, there's there's probably about um, 300 homes in Playa Grande. And, and uh, as of today, I would say there's five or less on the public market for sale. And, wow. and of those five, you know, most of them have some kind of a significant flaw that keep them on the market. So, um, you know, just kind of supply and demand, take something that is... In great supply and turn it into something that is in great demand is what I would do.
0: I think that's a, that's that's great that's that's great feedback. I mean, what would you actually build on that land? Say that you. I mean, because I mean, you're probably typically looking at. I mean, what land sizes anywhere from 800 to 1,500 square meters. Am I correct in saying that, Dave? Or maybe up to 5,000 square meters. I'd say sorry.
1: Yeah, right next to the beach. Um, yeah, right next to the beach. The lots are an average of eight or 900 square meters. Um, as you move away from the beach a little bit and, and into some areas where there's ocean views and slightly more rural feeling areas, then you do get into a lot of the 5,000 square meter sizes. So there's a range, but the, the neighborhoods that are right next to the beach are really 800 to maybe 1,600 square meters, but most of them, 8, 900, 1,000 square meters, lot size.
0: Okay. okay. I mean, what would you be advising people to build on, build on them? I mean, how big, you know, potentially what amenity should it have? How many rooms, you know, et cetera, et cetera, in, in your opinion?
1: Um, you know, back to supply and demand, I think that there's a great demand for um, rental homes and, um, you know, the most important aspect of, you know, the performance of rental homes, there's obviously a location, but, you know, the next sort of most important thing is sleeping capacity and number of bedrooms. So, there's a million three-bedroom homes um, in the area, you know, and then there's far less four-bedroom homes, there's far less five-bedroom homes. So I'd say, you know, getting the maximum number of bedrooms that you can in your within your budget, um, not to overbuild something for, you know, if, if the lot isn't, isn't very nice, I'm not saying you put an eight-bedroom home on it, but within the scope of what fits on the lot and what's in your budget, I'd say... The higher number of, the, of bedrooms the better so you know a four or five bedroom house would be a good target and, and would be a great rental yep. um so I, yeah that's that's kind of the way i would i would go and and proximity to the beach you know one block to the beach is a better location than three blocks
0: to the beach yeah I I agree. I agree. I think that's great advice. I mean, from the podcast I've done with property management companies, you typically the ones that do return, you know, the greatest investment are the ones with the larger rooms and also proximity to the beach. So uh, that's great feedback. I mean, David, if you had a time machine to go back five years and tell yourself to invest in something in Costa Rica, what would it have been and why, and what would you have stayed clear of?
1: Huh. Um, Good question. I'd, I'd say that, um, if I could go back five years, I would probably buy um, Ocean View lots in gated communities um, where I, I knew the product well and understood that, you know, I would have even consider pre-sale Ocean View lots, meaning that maybe the infrastructure wasn't complete yet. Yep. Um, because I, you know, I've always thought that the demand would be strong for the Ocean View properties and the gated communities, which has played out really well. Um, what would I steer clear from? Um, I would say, um, you know, unfinished, unco- incomplete um, opportunities where it was sort of betting on the come. Um, I have become a person who really uh, appreciates things that are, that are done right and, and, um, and complete. And I, so I've seen too many times where promises didn't play out. And so I, I would be vetting any opportunity really well and making sure I was going with a solid, uh, well-backed project.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's great. Im- that, that's great input. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, you and I were talking the other day about a development in Tamarindo Senderos, uh, which I think has huge potential going forward. I think that that is like very much kind of hits your wheelhouse of those, you know, those, the, those uh, communities uh, with ocean views.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's got um, the greatest number and the highest quality of ocean views in Tamarindo. I, I know the, the product really well and actually even, uh, own a couple of properties in there so i definitely think it's uh, it's kind of the last large gated community property that there's going to be in tamarindo basically everything else is already sold and yeah. so they have you know over a hundred lots left and most of those with ocean view and and uh, so yeah i do think that that is a really good opportunity and um, and i also think they're building a quality product as far as the homes there too
0: yeah, I, I agree. I saw some of the homes there, and I was, I was blown away. I mean, they're, they're, the architectural guild that they have there is just made up of, you know, great architects.
1: Yeah, it's a really good lineup. Um, I know some of those guys pretty well, and, and, uh, and in fact, I'm working with, with one of them myself quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, what advice would you give to anyone? Because there's a lot of demand at the moment for Costa Rica. People want to invest in Costa Rica. They may not know what to invest into. You know, I think the easiest thing for them to invest into, of course, is real estate. But what what advice would you give to anyone looking to potentially invest in Costa Rican real estate?
1: Um, You know, I, I think having an agent that is knowledgeable about the specific area or product type or project that you're looking at is important. Um, you know, I, my advice as far as, as agency goes normally is, you know, just pick a good horse and ride it, you know, just have a relationship with somebody where they know that, you know, you're going to work with them. And so it's it's worth it for them to spend their time with you. And, and, uh, you know, as opposed to just kind of playing roulette with agents and hoping that somebody shows you a special opportunity because without truly being represented, you know, you, you really want somebody's fiduciary, um, responsibility uh, in, in, in conjunction with market knowledge and stuff like that. You really want somebody who's truly on your team and representing your best interests.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's great advice, Dave. I really do. And I mean, I think, you know, especially making sure that you've got someone that's really local as well, um, will give you an insight into the market and also kind of pricing in the area, you know, what rents, what doesn't. And I mean, you've just shown that here on, you know, just, you, just your knowledge of Playa Grande uh, and also the Tamarindo area is, is, I know it's very deep and very wide. So uh, I completely agree. I mean, Dave, you're seeing a lot of people at the moment. I mean, and I always like to ask people this. But where do you believe the gap in the real estate market is at the moment? I mean, we mentioned, you know, they're the kind of the four, five-bedroom houses. Maybe it's just that's the gap. But I mean, like, I mean, what? I mean, anything else that you think that there's a that there there is an opportunity?
1: Man, I think if um, somebody could figure out a way to make houses that could sell from. $450,000 and down and do that in, in a way where they would make a decent profit and create a, a decent product, I think they would sell you know, over and over and over. So many people are looking for something that is in the threes or fours and just unable to find it um, that I think we miss a lot of buyers.
0: It's funny that you say that, Dave, because every realtor that I speak to, or anyone that's in property or investment here is that's it. That's the magic number. You know, it's, if you can get anything from like 200 to 400,000, basically in that with a great product, uh, I, I really think that that's a special place. Just the interesting thing is, is it really does not exist.
1: No, it, it doesn't. And what it, I think what it takes is, is some, um, some volume, you know, like to, to sell a house for $300,000, And make money. I think it makes sense if you can do it twenty times. You know, I I think doing it one time, if you're just one guy doing one project, it just it doesn't make enough project to excuse me enough profit to really get people's juices flowing to do it. But if you could do it, if you could set it up in a a way where you could do it ten times or twenty times, now you're talking about me. You know, maybe you're only making fifty or seventy-five thousand dollars on each house, but if you do it ten times, it's a half a million or three quarters of a million dollars, and and now it's
0: it's worth, you know, getting up in the morning sort of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, again, my final question to you and one I'd love to ask everyone, if you inherited $500,000, Dave, and in, in, in that inheritance, it was, you had to invest it in a business or real estate in Costa Rica. What would you do with it and why?
1: Okay. If I inherited $500,000 tomorrow and yep. I had to say spend it in the next few months where would i put it um i mean i'm sorry to be uh, a broken record here a little bit but i would almost certainly go uh into a gated community and um see if i could get myself a property with ocean view um you know it, it would be tough to get a lot and a house for five hundred thousand dollars you might be able to do that but it, it might be more like six hundred thousand dollars so i'd probably take that five hundred thousand dollar inheritance and put it with another hundred thousand dollars of mine. Yep. And build a house with an ocean view and a gated
0: community. I think that's 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 uh, uh, I think that's great, great advice. Um, well, Dave, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I mean, it's again, I'm hot on, on Playa Grande. I love Playa Grande. I think you're, you know, one of the uh, one of the good guys out there. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of great people out there. Uh, but I know that you've been down in Playa Grande for 20 years. And I think that anybody that's looking at real estate in Costa Rica, and especially is looking for a opportunity in a area which I think is going to have, you know, huge growth over the next coming years, but also is going to be somewhat protected growth because of the national park that you mentioned there, and a beautiful beach. I mean, a beautiful surf beach. It's just, it's very preserved. I think that they should, uh, they should definitely get in contact with you.
1: Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, Playa Grande, the beach, I think is going to look like it looks today forever. Uh, There's really just not going to be any more construction on the beachfront. So it is special. And it does feel like this place that's just always going to be environmentally protected. And and we're looking forward to the next
0: 20 years. Awesome. Well, Dave, thanks again for your time. Uh, And anyone that wants to contact Dave, I'm going to put all of the contact details uh, in the description. Uh, And Dave, you have a great day. And again, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Richard. Appreciate it. No worries.